Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. If it brings her to the same point that it brings you, it doesn't matter whether she called it God along the way or not. That understanding works for you, so therefore it is absolutely right for you. All beliefs have become only relatively true, and of course to the world, religion is just some personalized experience, not a divine revelation, and the church is catching the disease. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And away we go. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. Not anymore. It is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! Ooh, no longer do I possess 1,200 unread emails got through all of them Uh, that means if your question comment conundrum or snark sent to idea at wretched.org is not utilized on this program it's because jimmy didn't pick you it's my fault it is his fault not mine (laughs) quite honestly i jimmy there have been some weeks where i thought let's just dedicate like the next month to just dealing with all of the great questions or comments that people send in. I'm telling you, there are two very clear observations that anybody would conclude in looking at the emails that are sent to idea at wretched.org. One, you're a little bit too smart for my comfort, and it frightens me. Number two, there are a lot of people that are hurting, and and they they are struggling. And I think that that is a good word for all of us to remember in our church, perhaps even with that person who really gets up your nose, you don't know what's going on in their world. It might be really, really hard. No excuse for bad behavior, but it might just provide a sympathetic response to snarkiness, which you are more than welcome to send to idea at wretched.org. Well, speaking of people struggling, let's start out with this from Kelsey. Who says, hello, Todd. Lately, I have been struggling understanding how I can be saved and yet still sin. I've admitted to the sins I've committed and repented for them. But when I and when I sin and knowingly do so, I feel convicted. I pray about it, ask for forgiveness, try to run from that sin so I may not do it again. My husband has told me that since I'm convicted of it, that's a way for me to tell that I'm saved. But for whatever reason, I still don't understand. I'm always worried about being a lukewarm Christian and cannot get the fear out of my head Mm -hmm. well i have two options one you can listen to your husband he's right on this one madam just just believe what he's saying and if that isn't enough for you number two believe the bible we need to trust jesus words even when we don't feel like it and incidentally i'm increasingly persuaded that god is well pleased with that when you don't feel like things are right, that you are not doing things the way that you should, or you don't have the emotional fuel to ignite your walk, and yet you're faithful, you just keep doing, and you're plodding, I think God is well pleased with that. Let's believe what Jesus said when he said, if you will come unto me, I will not cast you out. Just emphatically, I will by no means cast you out. 
I understand how sin can chip away at assurance, but let's just take it from the Bible, Jesus' words, and the Puritans who would say basically what your husband said. And if you're feeling conviction of sin, you don't like it, you're repenting of it. Um, lukewarm, which means not saved. Unbelievers they that pretend to be Christians, they don't care about those things. Yeah, okay, so I sin a bit, whatever, who doesn't? That's the attitude of the unregenerate. And so if it horrifies you at the thought of not being saved because you sin, that's a good sign. If you're repenting of your sin, convicted of your sin, that's only the work of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. So take Jesus at his word or take your husband at his word and work on not believing a lie, which is what you're believing. If you have repented and put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and let's remember repentance is indeed a turning from sins. It's not perfection. It's an attitude that points you in a new direction of, I don't want those filthy things anymore. I want the Savior. I want to be holy. That is repentance, trusting in Jesus like you'd put your trust in a parachute. You'd put it on believing confidently. He is my salvation. Then you're his. And you're going to sin. This is why Latin is painfully helpful at this moment. Simul justus et peccator. I'll bet we use that phrase here weekly. We are simultaneously justified, declared in heaven one time for all of eternity. You are justified. You're in Christ. You're justified. Yet sinning. Consider Paul in Romans chapter 7. I want to do the good stuff, but I don't do the good stuff. I don't want to do the thing, but then I do the things. What a wretched man I am who will save me from this body of death. And he launches into Romans 8, the triumphal chapter of the Christian faith that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing that you are his. He is yours. And by his grace, you are saved and you are kept even when you sin. And it is the response to sin that is crucial, not the fact that you do now. 1 John 3, 8, 9 helps us out a lot. If you're continuing in sin, if you're persisting in sin, you're practicing sin, and you don't care, you're of the devil. But if it's a war, that's the Christian life. So how can Kelsey or anybody get rid of a lie? And it is, I think, to first of all recognize, "Uh oh, Lord, I'm not believing what is true. That means I'm doubting you and I'm sorry. So it means a repenting. And then it means a replacing. I think I'm coming up with some alliteration here. It means a replacing. Wait a second. What does the Bible say about this? Which is why I would recommend if you struggle with this very issue, start memorizing a few Bible verses that say the exact opposite that will remind you, he will not cast me out. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is, but if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. Okay, he's faithful and just. He is He is faithful and just. Furthermore, so you would repent, replace, and then uh, refocus. I got it. This, this has got a sermon or a book written all over it right here. I'm telling you, refocus. I can't remember what dead guy said. Instead of, was it Machen? Somebody said, trust me on this. Somebody said this. For every look you take, take every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. Focus on him. Don't be so intensely in, consumed with looking at your walk. You will have sufficient grounds for not feeling like you're saved. 
Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. And your assurance will grow. Please send your emails to idea at wretched.org. All right. We move to Douglas, who says, Todd, with everything that's happening in the world right now, I'm wondering if God is disappointed. If so, how would that be possible for the most powerful being in the universe? Got to define disappointed. If disappointed means I was hoping this was going to turn out, but it didn't, no. This is running exactly on schedule. Don't know if you recall this. This might be a word that you need to remember today as you look at, well, just look at the world with what's going on in Russia, which, by the way, be praying for the Tomorrow Clubs, be supporting the Tomorrow Clubs. They are heavy in Ukraine. Hundreds of kids clubs that meet weekly in Ukraine. It looks like It's become a real situation over there. It's been threatening. It looks to be reality now. Please be praying for the Tomorrow Clubs. And if you can adopt your own little Tomorrow Club, please consider doing so. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. The Martys happen to be in Africa right now, setting up hundreds of clubs there. They are energizer bunnies. I don't know how they do it. Would love it if you check them out at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Not only is Ukraine a situation, what is going on in Canada is a situation. The government's attitude toward its people. It sure smells like some behavior we've seen throughout history, and it doesn't smell like democracy or a representative republic. It It's heavy. And we see culturally going on, just pick your favorite magazine and you're going to get whatever genre of bad news the magazine is about. Politics, entertainment, you're going to see. Yikes! Do you recall we talked about the book of Revelation being written for people just like us? Hey, John, what's going on? We're getting shellacked out here. The whole thing is unraveling. And John gives them a revelation of God, and it's Jesus seated on his throne. Uh, John's response to your question, what is God doing? He's reigning. Don't be in a panic. It's all on schedule. Was just listening to Bible books in 30 minutes. I, I haven't heard a stinker yet. Two guys out of Great Britain do a very fine job summarizing each Bible book in 30 minutes. So it's just a pretty cursory overview of the book. And it just reminds you about what each book is about, which I think is a good exercise for every Christian. And they were talking about the book of James. Same situation. You're dispersed. These were people who were believers who were getting shellacked in Israel. They leave their homes. They leave their traditions. They leave the food. They leave their businesses to go to a safe place only to be put into the frying pan. And James says, count it all joy. And then he tells them how to live, just like Peter does in 1 Peter. You're a holy set of art people. God is using and doing all of this to bring about the salvation of souls based on our response so that he can be glorified. If you are in a bit of a panic about what is going on, see Jesus seated on his throne. And we can count it all joy because everything is running on schedule. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, 
Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. Have you been getting the monthly Wretched newsletters into your email? If you haven't, you should feel slighted and left out because you're really missing out. You're missing messages that are thorough and in-depth and cover a wide range of theological issues Christians are facing. You're missing updates on all the new things going on at Wretched. Updates on resource release dates, updates on upcoming sales in the Wretched store, and the most important update of all, Todd's haircut and beard trim schedule. And you're missing out on it all if you're not subscribed. But it's simple to rectify this huge mistake in your life. Just head over to wretched.org newsletter and get all signed up. Oh, and I forgot to mention, as a subscriber to the Wretched Monthly Newsletter, you're eligible to win free stuff. We give resources away every day here at Wretched Radio to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss the free stuff. Wretched.org newsletter. That's wretched.org newsletter. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Let me take you to a very small, very poor village in Moldova where there is not one Tomorrow Club. There are actually two. In one of the clubs, there were 80 kids. And in the other club, there were like 65 kids. And we were amazed when we walked into those buildings just to sit and watch all of these kids who, they were very unruly, but yet they were there with nothing else really to do in that village. They were happily attending the Tomorrow Club and memorizing Bible verses, singing hymns, and praying to the Lord. It was so unbelievably beautiful. We hope and pray that they'll find hope in Jesus Christ. Amen to that. Would you like to help 30 children find that hope? You can be supporting 30 disciples for $30 a month through the Tomorrow Clubs. Visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Well, are you ready for another road trip? Of course you are. Just grab your luggage and let's load up. Okay, not really. You don't need to bring anything but maybe a pen and notebook for our next Road Trip to Truth Season 2 because it's here and it's available now at roadtriptotruth.org. And I know you're asking, how are you guys able to improve on the first season? Well, we have all new experts and new lessons that powerfully counter all of the continuous assaults on Christianity. Those assaults, unfortunately, wind up sidelining many youth and adults. And so we're diving into topics like the gospel, environmentalism, abortion, pornography, agnosticism, 13 total lessons, as a matter of fact, with new experts like Pastor Milton Vincent, Dr. Greg Gifford, Dr. John Street, Scott Klusendorf, Jess Arns, and more. Road Trip to Truth Season 2. It's on sale right now. And don't forget about the study guide. It's available as well. RoadTripToTruth.org or Wretched.org slash roadtrip. Know your church fathers. Gregory of Nazianzus was the Bishop of Constantinople in the 4th century. He wrote important works on the Trinity and the person of Christ. Gregory described the relationship between the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and taught that Jesus is fully God and fully man. His arguments are still in use today. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Mm, Maybe... This is what that strawy epistle is all about. This is Wretched Radio. Hoping you will send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org. Just pondering the book of James, Martin Luther called it a strawy epistle. Wasn't all that fond about it, tripping up on the faith and works relationship. But in listening recently to Bible Books in 30 Minutes, two fellows doing a nice summary 
of each book in the Bible. They, they've done all 66. So pick your favorite, do it in order, whatever you like. It's just a great teacher to remind you of what each book is actually about. And the book of James, it seems, when I was listening to these fellows, I thought, you know, I wonder if it is more about James responding to persecution just the same way that Peter was. Peter was responding to persecution. The opening salvo of James is to the dispersed ones. You have been driven out of your homeland only to find a home that is also antagonistic toward you and your beliefs. Live out the Christian life. Act like a Christian. Quit the gossiping. Love one another. Don't be valuing people based on their externals. Watch your mouth. Your tongue needs to be tamed in order that God can accomplish his purposes that he is desiring to do, and that is to save people. That's exactly what First Peter is about. It sure does appear that these issues suddenly are knock, knock, knocking on our door. Were you expecting this? Some people predicted it. But it, it, it appears that a pervasively antagonistic issue toward Christians and the Christian faith, and most specifically Christ himself, we got to figure out how we're going to deal with this and how we're going to cope with this. Just imagine what it might have been like to be living in Israel as a Jew who hears the gospel about the Messiah, Jesus Christ, repents, trusts in him, his forgiveness of sins, all of the sacrificial system, it was pointing to Jesus, but your whole life has been immersed in Judaism. And now people hate you. The people that once loved you now hate you and seek to hurt you to the degree you sit down with your family and go, we only have one option here and we got to get out of this place. And they leave. What? Just think of everything that they left behind. The smells that they were used to, the foods that they were used to, the lifestyle, the clothing, the language, their tradition, their history, the connection to something deeper than just Plato. This is, and I don't mean that soft, gooey stuff. I'm talking about the philosopher. They had a lot and they had to leave it behind. And we see, I think, three books in the New Testament that are written toward those people and now appear to be very practical for us. First Peter, be holy. You're being persecuted, be holy, so they might ask about the hope that lies within you. Because God is using everything at this moment for one singular purpose, and it is to bring glory to himself, period, full stop, end of story, exclamation point. That's it. And he is orchestrating everything for that end. And we need to keep our eye on that so that we respond rightly to a world that is squeezing us. I know this conversation is more complex, but this is intended to be an encouragement for endurance. We're not alone. This is not the first time. And the the admonition, I think, threefold in the New Testament is be living a godly life. God is doing what he knows is best. Don't get sour. Don't don't be joyless. Don't be scared. Don't lose assurance. Don't feel like it's reeling out of control. Be holy. Be set apart. Be different. Count it all joy. Look at Jesus seated on his throne. He's got this. Looks like 
First Peter, James and Revelation have never been more relevant for us, have they? Please send emails to idea at wretched.org. Okay, from Nicholas. Todd, did evil enter the world when Adam and Eve sinned or when Satan fell? Adam and Eve. Because Romans 5 tells me so, sin entered the world through the one transgression of the one man. We now have the better man, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's another reason. I mean, that's enough. But there's another reason that Satan didn't bring sin into the world is because Satan isn't a person. That wasn't his office. That wasn't his position. That wasn't his relationship with God. He rebelled before Adam and Eve did, but his rebellion affected the angels that joined him in the rebellion, but it didn't affect human beings. Now, remember, the rebellion happened after the creation week was done. So somewhere God finished everything, including angels. Then the angels fell. Then the devil came to tempt Adam and Eve. Who are the ones responsible for introducing sin to the world? Not the devil, because we're not an angel. And this reminds us that our justification demanded a God-man, not, a, not, a, not an angel, not, a, not a, just a really, really wonderful person. No, we need a God-man, because if we don't have a man representing us, we don't have forgiveness of sins. Satan didn't represent us, therefore we didn't fall with him. Please send emails to idea at wretched.org. And this one comes from Josh. Todd, do you think denominations are a good thing? Or <laughs> mixed bag. Or have they divided the body of Christ farther than necessary? Well, see, I yeah, you you could look at it that way, but I think we were gonna divide anyway. <laughs> In a sad sense, we kind of um skirted first corinthians the book on sectarianism that tells us don't be in cliques don't i'm of john wesley i'm of charles spurgeon i'm a that's not what we're supposed to be about but i think it's almost i always see it like divorce god doesn't really care about it but it's a concession look you hard-hearted people fine then get into groups where you can do more effective ministry together and be like-minded on more issues oh, fine, you can be in denominations. But I don't think they're ideal. And believe me, in heaven, which is the new earth, heaven, there's not going to be denominations. You're not going to find people. Wait, wait a second, what? You're Lutheran. What? Do you, you don't belong in this section of heaven. No, we're all going to be in unity together. That's the ideal. Denominations, in my opinion, are the concession. Please send emails to idea at wretched.org. Okay, so Stephen wants to know if a coin is found on the pavement and he picks it up and puts it in his pocket, is that theft? No, no. Somebody lost it. Now, if it were something a little bit more consequential, and I realize it could be consequential to somebody, but if it were something more consequential, then I think... The Christian thing to do is try to find the owner of it, do whatever work that requires, if it's a wallet, what have you, go about the business of returning it. I think, you know, penny, a nickel, even a quarter on the street, that's a pretty common occurrence. Can you pick it up, look around to see if anybody is looking for a quarter? It's just, it's not a reasonable scenario that should cause us to think, yikes, I'm taking something that is so needed from somebody. So I don't think so. Pick them up. If you're willing to get COVID, oh, I'm sorry. I've been I've been watching mainstream media. Please send emails to idea at wretched.org. But if you're convicted over it, I'll say 
you could say three Hail Marys and then send all coins and found money to me. Is is that how it works? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it all. Wow. I didn't. <laughs> that insight sure seems. That's why you answer the question. Personal. <laughs> they send emails to idea at wretched.org. All right. From uh, Nick, he says he's been training Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a bit. And it's a tradition within Brazilian jiu-jitsu to bow facing the photos of the originators that most academies have on their walls. And as a Christian, should he be bowing to these images? Whew, that's that's um, that's a tough call because it, it really depends on what the people with you are understanding this obeisance. If, if, if it's something that's to honor them, well, okay, I, I, I get it. Would you bow to the founding fathers? Would you, it's President's Day, would you bow to George Washington and Abe Lincoln? It seems that that's a bit of an Eastern tradition because it is an Eastern tradition because typically bowing, it does have spiritual significance. It can be, doesn't have to be, but it can be more than showing honor. It can be showing that you actually esteem them to the point of divinity. This is what namaste is all about. The God in me bows to the God in you. That is why the bowing takes place in Hinduism. So I think I would have to ask myself some questions. Am I giving the impression that I am showing undue reverence to people that I'm not even sure what they were actually all about. Is anybody going to see me doing this and confuse my Christian faith with whatever religion they represent? Because it's most likely Eastern. I think our testimony is more valuable than taking a class that allows you to choke somebody out in seven seconds. I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing to be able to defend yourself. I'm just saying Testimony is more important. And if it is assumed that, well, you're showing that you're bowing because they are some sort of superhumans or they're divine beings, uh, then I would say absolutely not. But I sure would think long and hard about my testimony before I did. And I would suspect you might want to become like a black belt really fast so that you can tell the leader of the organization you're not going to be doing that in the future because you're going to need it. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. The Attorney General of Texas has announced that the prescription of puberty blockers and the performance of sex change surgery on minors can now be legally defined as child abuse under Texas law. If such an act is performed going forward, the parents, doctors, nurses, and anyone associated with the procedures could be charged. And this is how you protect children from making life-altering decisions that they will likely come to regret later in life. And in South Carolina, a Senate subcommittee approved a bill last week that assures churches will remain open during pandemics. The law states churches will be allowed to meet in person during any state-declared emergency, provided that other businesses are also allowed to operate. Churches will still be required to follow the same safety protocols that happen to be implemented during any pandemic. You know, it is tragic that we have to have laws like this on the books to protect our right to do what God has told us to do. Tragic indeed. Ooh, how nifty does this sound? Apple has added another English voice for Siri. That's right, the new voice option is less gendered sounding. So it's not too male, it's not too female. As a matter of fact, Apple says it's a non-binary Siri. I mean, this is exactly what we've all been waiting for. 
Doesn't this make you feel more included now? Thank you, Apple. You always know exactly what to do. Okay, now, those of you listening who identify as conservative and Christian, you may want to prepare yourself for what you're about to hear. I don't want anyone to get triggered. Okay, granted, that was a little bit hard to understand, but that comment was part of a larger conversation between three teachers at a Texas middle school. The teacher who made the comment said, quote, those conservative Christians, they need to die. They need to get COVID and die. And once the video went viral online, the school district investigated and responded by placing the teacher on administrative leave. The teacher has since resigned. And this is just another example that we see daily of how quickly the world has changed because gone are the days of friendly disagreements. No, now if you disagree with some people, they would just assume you catch COVID and die. Now, did your child's school happen to participate in the Jazz and Friends National School Reading Day yesterday? Well, if you didn't hear anything about it, that's probably not much of a shocker. The LGBT activist organization, the Human Rights Campaign, organized the event with the National Education Association to have public schools all over the country urge students to read books about trans-identified children as a way to promote and normalize transgenderism in children. Uh, if your child's school participated, I pray you knew beforehand and did not allow your child to be exposed to such lies and filth. Children who think they're another gender do not need days to be celebrated. They need biblical counseling to help them begin to understand that God designed them and God makes no mistakes. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important Dates in Christian History 1095. Pope Urban II launches the first crusade to reclaim Jerusalem from Muslim control. The crowd wildly shouts, God wills it. There would be several crusades over the next centuries, with many tragic results and consequences lasting for centuries. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Emails, send your emails to idea at wretched.org. Please, questions, comments, conundrums, snarks, idea at wretched.org. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy was just thinking about the Bowen business with uh-huh. the jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Could it be that you're in a culture where the traditional greeting is bowing and bow? I think potentially so, because you... You do become all things to all people, not in a contextualized kind of way. You just you get with the cultural norms so that you don't offend people, annoy people, cause people to dismiss you. That's not contextualization. That's just being smart. And you could, in a culture, bow to somebody because that's just what you do. And I don't think you're sinning. If, however, that culture imports more into it, like the namaste business, I sure would be slow before I would bow down and give the impression that I actually think there is whatever God you choose inside of you. Just saw a clip of Morgan Freeman. I think he was in Jakarta on an exploration for God. And (laughs) it's interesting and annoying all at the same time. His voice is magnificent. You just, it just, just read the phone book, Morgan. Amazing. His theology is wonky, of course, and he was asking a Hindu, how do you pick the God? There's millions of gods. How do you pick the right one? Uh, Rather cynical question, but her response, the lady who was supposedly the Hindu expert said, well, you kind of pick the one you like. You pick the one you prefer. You pick the one from your family. You pick the one that delivered when you were in trouble. And I thought, 
Wow, if that isn't the very definition of idolatry. <laughs> I get to just make up my own God. I'm all right, uh, a try that tripod. It's held up the camera, and therefore we got a lot of YouTube views. I'm gonna worship that tripod. It's no more or less ridiculous than that in designing your own deity. Oof. And you have to you have to recognize the blindness that exists, how people can't see that. And ask some basic questions. How do these deities get along? Whose jurisdiction? Whose territory? What if that God's design for that person is different than your God's design for this person and they interact? Is it a, some sort of a, a, a God war going on? I mean, just so many problems with the idea that we can manufacture our own God in our minds, which is precisely what we're commanded to not do. Please send emails to idea at wretched.org. All right. Kim wants to know how can she know when God answers her prayers? Mm, well, because you need to know he always does. He always God always answers to the believer's prayer. Sometimes it's no, sometimes it's later, some sometimes it's yes. And the yes ones we can see and we can thank him for, but we should also thank him for the no's too, because that was the best answer that I could get. Even if my little old heart desired something, I petitioned God for it. And he says, no, not going to do that. I should say, praise you, Lord, because whew, apparently my desire for it, for whatever reason, was not a good decision, but yours is, and I submit to it. Thank you for your response. So you can know that God always answers your prayers. Now, if you see something that happens, you pray, Lord, I could really use fill in the blank. I'll I'll even I'll even make it something something. I know this puts us like in choppy waters because of the prosperity glop that's out there. But let's say it's like, Lord. I've got rent due. I've got my tuition due and I'm like $200 short. Could you please, I'll go to work. I'll get a job. I'll okay. That doesn't seem to be an option these days anymore. Cause nobody seems to want to get a job, but the point is you're willing to work to it, but Lord, please help deliver this, this money. So I can just keep going here. That's, that's my desire. I submit to you in all things. And lo and behold, you go to your post box, you open it up and a long lost aunt sent you 200 bucks. What should you do? Thank God. Now, I, I I would say you can thank God for that because providentially he determined that your aunt was going to send you 200 bucks and he predetermined that you were going to pray for $200. And you can call that providence and you can give thanks to God for that. In fact, I'll even go a step further. Start writing those things down. You probably have some empty pages in your Bible. I have to confess to you, I don't do this and I regret it. And the only reason that I never take my own advice on this is because it's like, ah, but I've missed so many. I remember specifically a season where it was so obvious that God was being kind and responding to prayers. I remember it vividly. You see, I was about to get fired from a radio station. I know that might come as a shock to you. And ask the Lord to help with the situation and maybe to provide a, a means to be able to speak truth without getting fired for it. <laughs> and one after another, it was just that what happened? God opened that door? 
he provided that. You mean that person is going to? No way. And it was just this undeniable God. You could just see it. Now, he's doing that all the time in our lives. There's just some times that you can really see it. When you do, write it down. Because then on those days when you're maybe wondering, is God still active in my life? Go look at those. Look at those examples of him being active in your life, and it will encourage you. Uh, Please send emails to idea at wretched.org. All right. This is a tough one, Todd. Mm. It starts off, dear Mr. 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 Beethoven. <laughs> Not real sure. But, uh, Where that came from? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but this is Ben. He wants to know who you think wrote the letter to the Hebrews. Bob. Bob. We've settled this long ago. <laughs> Bob. Let's just be done with this. Don't know. That, that That's that's the answer. We, we don't know. We have some guesses. Traditionally, it was Paul, because the King James Version, I believe, said Paul's letter to the Hebrews. But that's it, it's pretty unlikely in that the language and the Greek structure is not very Pauline. Now, remember, Peter used an amanuensis because you could read Peter's epistles and go, that's pretty good Greek right there. But Peter, he even identifies it. He has an amanuensis. So he would speak probably Hebrew or Aramaic. He knew, no doubt, because he was in commerce and trade, he knew some Greek to some degree. You had to in those days. It was the lingua franca. But he would say to the person who was perhaps really good in Greek, here's here's my thoughts on this. They wrote it down in higher Greek than what Peter was capable of. Still divinely inspired. It's the way that God did it breathing like wind in a sail. Peter probably didn't have high Greek, but his books do because of the amanuensis. Paul actually did have high Greek. He was a smart dude. I I think it's, I always imagine that Paul is a genius, really. I I think he was a genius. There are some guys that are like that. Now, I'm not saying that this guy is right in everything, but just to give us a picture of what genius looks like, think Jordan Peterson. Okay, Ben Shapiro is probably brilliant. Just a really sharp, crackling mind. Not always right, obviously. They're not regenerated, but they're geniuses. I think Paul was. And the way that he would put together his arguments was pretty consistent in the Pauline epistles. Hebrews, it's just structured differently. It's written differently. And you say, well, how do you know it was written differently? It's in Greek. It's Greek is Greek, right? No, that's like saying English is English and Deutsch is Deutsch. There's dialects. There's there's expressions. There's word order. There, there, there's all sorts of grammatical variations between language, even different words for different difference. People from the north talk differently than people in the south. And you see that. Now, here's a maybe a better example of that. If you're a teacher, let's say that I don't know. I'll just pick a name. Little Jimmy's not very bright. And little Jimmy one day turns in some homework and it's like, wow, is it really good? And the teacher grading it, first of all, is going to go, this doesn't sound like Jimmy. This sounds a lot more like my A student, Todd, which hold on. Wait, just hold on. (laughs) My A student, Todd, (laughs) that kills me. (laughs) I dreamt of A's. But you would notice a difference between the student who's not so good and the student who is. And you go, did you take this from somebody? Because that doesn't look like you. 
And you would probably rightly bust Jimmy for that. Same thing is true with the book of Hebrews. You just read it and it's like, no, this is not Pauline. And there are people who are Greek scholars who know well enough to discern the distinctions between Greek grammar, Greek usage, Greek writing. And so I, I, I just say, Bob, could it have been Apollos? Sure. I, I, I always like the idea of thinking of the idea that it was one of Paul's stump sermons because this was Paul reasoning with them from the scriptures, the book of Hebrews. It's all, you got to be a Hebrew to get it. You got to know your Old Testament, which is why you don't unhitch it. He was perpetually going, but Jesus is better than this. He's better than that. He's better than this. He's better than the other thing. All driven from the Old Testament to show that Jesus is the best. And maybe he used that to reason with people from the scriptures when he went to the synagogue, when he would stop in a town. Maybe not. This is this is this will be the conclusion of the matter. I say to keep us from always having to go. Whoever the author of Hebrews was, just say Bob, and when we get to heaven, we will sit down with the author of Hebrews and discover. No way! It was you. This is Wretched Radio. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, affordable, biblical health sharing, has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's healthcare bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. I want to share with you voicemails we receive nearly daily here at Wretched. I can't believe how many times a day I catch myself saying, Todd Creel on Wretched Radio says, I have been transformed by your program. We are grateful to hear the testimonies of our listeners and our viewers, and we want you to also hear the lives that are being impacted by you, our gospel partners. These testimonies aren't about Todd. They're not about Wretched Radio or TV. We wouldn't be able to do the things that we do at Wretched without the support of our gospel partners. So would you prayerfully consider becoming a gospel partner today if you aren't already? Help us to reach the lost all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ because ultimately the glory is all His. It's not Wretched's. It's not even yours. But it is your efforts that help make our efforts possible. And all of those efforts are to the praise and glory of God alone. Get complete details right now at Wretched.org slash donate. Permit me to introduce you to Brie and Salvation Dominoes Preborn Style. When one person gets saved, they have that burning desire to just make him known the same way that was made known to them. And then it's just this domino effect. Brie currently volunteers at a preborn life center. How did she get saved? From a friend whose mother got saved at, you guessed it, a preborn life center. 
Why? Because preborn, it is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. And look at the domino effect. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to him in scripture. One name is El Roe, the God who sees. God is ultimately aware and concerned for us. Nothing escapes his vision. For the unsaved, this is a great terror. But for those who are in Christ, this is a great comfort. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Want to look forward to heaven? This is Wretched Radio. Before we get to you and your beep talks, sent to, sent to, left at, one eight seven seven two eight two beep or as the whippersnapper raps. <laughs> our sanctified imaginations for a moment to consider what heaven will be like and why we should be longing for it. We will use the author of Hebrews for our exercise. We don't know who it is. When will we discover who it is in heaven? I don't think it is going to be when suddenly you're in the presence of God. You're going to go, oh, Bob, Bob was it. Friel was right. Bob is the author of the book of Hebrews. You're not going to possess all knowledge because only God possesses all knowledge. And there is no reason to believe that you and I won't be learning in heaven. Aren't we going to be learning more and more about God who is fathomless? Why wouldn't we be learning facts? Why wouldn't we be learning about how Jesus orchestrated everything in your life for your good and for his glory when you run into people where you have some sort of connection to them? You mean, wait a second, your aunt, she was the Sunday school teacher who led my parents to the Lord, who raised me up to, like, that's your aunt? How cool is that? Look at how great the Lord is. I think we're going to be doing that forever. And it's going to be sweet. And I will even use the word fun. Why would we not have fun in heaven? Well, I, I don't know that that's, that's holy. Well, why not? God laughs. Last time I checked Psalm 2. The people who say, yeah, we're going we're gonna to kick God off of his throne. It's kind of a belly laugh from the Lord, really. <laughs> Why won't we enjoy a good joke or a clever phrase? Why would we enjoy anything less on the new earth? Because that's what it is. It is not a new dimension. It is a physical earth. Jerusalem coming down, God dwelling with us, a river trees, hearkening back to Genesis. It's going to be a physical place. You're going to have a physical body. What are you going to do all day, every day, forever? Why wouldn't it be filled up with these similar activities that we do here without the sin parts, plus maybe a whole lot more other stuff? So let's just use Bob, I mean, the author of Hebrews, as an example of this. You're sitting at a banquet table in heaven, enjoying a phenomenal meal prepared by the Lord himself. Suddenly, there's a little bit of a going on at the table next to you. You ignore it because it's none of your business, you figure. But then all of a sudden, the table next to that table, something's going on. Finally, the news reaches your table. 
See that guy at the end of table seven? The perfect table. See that guy right there? That's the author of Hebrews. No way. That's the author of Hebrews, right? How cool is that? So you finish your dinner and you go talk to the guy who wrote the book of Hebrews. Tell me about this. Why do you suppose so many people thought that it was Paul or Barnabas or Apostle? Why didn't you take credit for it? Why didn't you put your name on it? Why didn't? Why wasn't there a signature on this? Tell me about the distinction between your Greek writing and Paul's Greek writing. Do we have the point right? Hey, I guess, you know what? If anybody can explain what you meant in Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 10, let's hear it from you. Well, I mean, we know that we can't lose our faith. and that, That's not what you were saying in Hebrews 6 and 10. But why don't you just explain it? We'll sit around and listen. Why? Why wouldn't that happen? We have so much to look forward to in heaven, which is the new earth. One eight seven. Actually, if you want to go to heaven and have thoughts like this, 50 Days of Heaven, Randy Elkhorn's devotional, we have it at wretched.org. It will set your eyes on things above, which is where they're supposed to be focused. One eight seven. So, boy, it's high blood pressure day, Jimmy. <laughs> It's a whole lot of church signs. A church sign super. West side, the rapture, the only way to fly. The east side, bogey sale, February 12th. Uh, I'm just trying some mindfulness just to see maybe if there's anything about it that will just help me from getting furious. Church sign, life thinks we've got a few for you. <laughs> Let's make an aroma joke. I know a church. Actually, interesting. Uh, people, hold on a second. Don't you worry. This program is organized and efficient. Friel since when? I was sent some. So, oh. Here's an email from somebody. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about. That's nothing new. Hello, Mr., Mr., Mr. Friel and Jimmy. <laughs> That's what it says right there from Seth. <laughs> I wanted to let you know I listened to Safely Home on Audible. Thanks to hearing about it on Wretched Radio. I absolutely loved it. I was deeply convicted and helped me see more clearly how I should be praying for the persecuted church. Amen to that. Seriously, go, if you can, wretched.org. Get Safely Home get 50 days of heaven. You you will be blessed a lot. Well, this is a correction. This has nothing to do with the church sign. This is from Walt. Apparently, I'm not as agriculturally minded as, as I deceive myself into thinking I might be. I think that I we were talking about using animal body parts to help human beings function better. Oh, Would it be okay hearts. to get a pig heart yeah, transplant? Yeah, yeah. And I must have been calling them bovines. But apparently, according to Walt, porcine is the proper husbandry term for a little piggy. Porcine. Hmm. Have you ever heard that country boy? Uh, no, I have not. Me neither. I've heard so, of a bovine. I thought it was a cow. Yeah, bovine is for cattle. Right. Porcine is for pigs. I did not know that. Well, now we know. In respect, speaking of corrections, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of correction, as a police officer for 30 years, hey, wait a second. This is another Walt. What are the odds of that? Well, you did make a joke about that name. 
Oh, <laughs> that you can't name and call your baby Walter. Right. Walter. No other way to do it. As a police officer of 30 years, I recommend not calling the police to ask if property is public or private. They probably won't know. Look it up yourself. Then you can tell the police officer who tries to kick you off of a public place. No, sir, I looked it up. And he recommends that you go to property tax office or go to the website to look it up before you go out witnessing and find yourself in hot water. This, though, was the church. I got it right here. I got it. Oh, you're going to. Oh, Oh, you're going to love this one right here. We'd rather see two men holding hands than two men holding guns. I wonder if Pastor Catherine was responsible for putting that one up there. (sighs) 1877, told you your blood pressure is going to go up 282. Hi, Mr. 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 Friel. Church sign for you. Winter wind blows. God's love glows. So you're in a rural church. And your talent pool isn't very deep. Would any Christian who's thinking be critical of the level of performance of, of that choir or organist or piano player? No, no. But shouldn't we be striving as Christians to be the best at stuff, to be the best artists, to be the best workers, to be the best, if you want to be really biblical, slave, to be the best spouse, to be the best church member, to be the best at producing whatever it is that you produce. And wouldn't that include church signs? Can we do a little bit better? Can we aim a little bit higher? Does this church that put, what is it? Winter wind blows, God's love glows. Okay. Uh, Oh, first time I've ever regretted Zaxby's because it's starting to come back on me. We just need to do better. Can we at least communicate to the world um, we aren't third graders? Church socks? No, I did not misspeak. These are church socks that I found at a Christian bookstore. Want a taco about God? Right. Let us pray. Get it? Tacos, lettuce. I got it. <laughs> what do you think I need to catch up? <laughs> Which isn't exactly a taco thing, but it's condiment of sorts yeah that's uh, t-shirts there i've actually though all right let's be positive about this if possible i've been seeing more t-shirts that are actually pretty good that are like whoa that's pretty robust theology going on that's speaking some good truth so not all of them are terrible a lot of them are terrible (laughs) but not all of them are terrible let's just aim Higher than we currently do. Church sign. If God is your co-pilot, switch seats. If God is your co-pilot, what? Switch seats. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, just to pick a nit because it is my spiritual gift. If God is your co-pilot, you need to get into the cargo holding area. That's that's where you belong. (laughs) Leave the flying to him and everything else too.
two. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.